and welcome back to the next episode of Next Gen. I ended up taking a unexpected week off last week. Uh, I took leave and my wife and I, we went down to Jindabyne and Threadbow and went snowboarding and skiing for a couple of days and it was absolutely worth it. We got to just hang out and be with each other and do one of our favourite things in the world, which is snowboard and ski. And yeah, um... It was a good reminder of the importance of sometimes taking a break and just taking some time for yourself. It's uh, a challenge, I guess, in our current world to um, take some time off. You've just got to be able just to say, hey, I'm taking some time. I need to. This is me. And yeah, it was really, really awesome to do that. I've been having some really positive responses to this podcast. I'm going to keep on going and pushing through. And... I'm passionate about just adding more and more voices to it. So even if we don't take off with this podcast, at least we have another voice out there talking and discussing and really digging deep on some of our some of our key issues. Today I want to talk about busyness. Have you ever heard someone say, I can't do that, I'm too busy? Uh, it seems to be the issue at the moment that most people are facing. Uh, our world has enabled everyone to um, have, an ex- have an excuse to be bu- busy, to be fatigued or frazzled or just feel exhausted. Um, and people are all wanting a simpler simpler life these days. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. My schedule sometimes, I look at it and I'm like, how am I meant to stop and be myself? And um, that is when I'm preaching things all about making life simpler <laughs> and I'm myself not doing that. Um, but uh, being busy is often a signifier of importance, or at least that's what a lot of people think. Uh, for me, I have a history of taking too many things on, saying yes to too many things, and I've had to learn to say, no, I need to prioritize what I'm doing. Um, there's an author um, in the book called Replenish. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the book Replenish. Uh, it's by Lance Witt. And Lance Witt, in this book, he has a really good discussion on busyness, on ministry, on prioritizing things, on choosing things to prioritize. And in, in one of his chapters, he talks about busyness from a ministry perspective, and this applies to the world. And I, I want to ask the question, what would it look like for you to do life at a reasonable pace what would that look like and how would we get there and that discussion i guess would really affect the way that we do church would be prioritizing the things that are important and the things that are not so we'd be leaving our fundamentalist discussions behind and we would be prioritizing um being out in the community, um, being a voice for the least of these, seeing as that's the current Sabbath school lesson. And we'd really have an appetite for vision because we'd be really focusing deeply on what's important to us as a church. So here's another question. I want you to reflect on this. How would you describe the pace of your life over the past month? That's a wonderful question that Lance had. How would you describe the pace of your life over the last month? Think about that for a moment. Uh, I, might go, I might go through it for myself. 
Um, last week was the first week I've had off all year, so six months straight. We've just gone for a hard hard sprint and made it to six months. Um, I've been trying to take a day off every single week. Um, that's what a lot of pastors, we try to do that. Try to take a day off every single week just to stop and reset and be ready to go. Because often Saturday or Sabbath is actually, even though it's restful, it's actually one of our bigger days. And you can do up to 12 or more hours on a Sabbath. So my life over the past month have just been running from one thing to the next to the next to the next. In my opinion, I haven't done anything in that past month with excellence. So I haven't done anything in that whole month with excellence. And I think that's concerning because it says that I have been stretching myself a little bit too thin and not completing anything to the best of my ability. And I'd rather not complete as many things but do everything to the best of my ability. Now, that's not meaning perfection. That's meaning just getting it done and getting it done well. And I think that for a lot of people, having the ability to stop and take stock of things and go, okay, what matters? What should I prioritize? Is is really, really tough. And, I mean, when I was at college, everyone would say, hey, yeah, you can just say no to things or you can just stop or... Um, but no, no, the expectation from a lot of people is that we keep on going. We just make everything happen. And finding time for yourself is hard. And then um, if you don't find time for yourself, you slowly become more um, ineffective uh, in your actual job. You start to fall away. And the same goes for anything. So if you out there uh, got a different career to what I've got, your effectiveness goes down the drain when your busyness increases. So how do we hit the reset button? Uh, particularly in a world where we have digital media everywhere, we have a constant barrage of things going on, we can hit play on Netflix while scrolling down Instagram or Reddit or whatever you want to scroll down. So what are some strategies that you can put in place and that we can put in place to actually control our busyness? Uh, for me, it is I only say yes to things that are essential, and I am starting to force myself to take that day off, even if it means turning my phone to silent all day um, and on do not disturb mode, and maybe even not touching my phone. Uh, I got to get um, better at that myself. I'm not great at doing that. I've got a bit of an addiction to knowing what's going on and being in control of all the different dynamics that. Um, are constantly going on, and um, controlling controlling the the busyness is is something that I think is going to take a long time for us. And as a pastor, my busyness and my time is the most valuable resource that I have. Uh, and I need to use that effectively for ministry. Um, if I have a Bible study, that's something I prioritize. If I have a visit, that's something that I prioritize. If I have admin time that I need to spend time on to get things done, I've got to prioritize that. But I've also got to prioritize me time and time with my wife. And a really wonderful reminder of that was the fact that when we were away, I just started to get all my ideas. All <laughs> my ideas were... We're flowing, we're flowing out of me, and I, I realized that if I don't stop, I, I can't vision and dream and come up with 
where we do want to go in the next uh, months, in the next years, in the coming coming periods of time. And I'm a little concerned about some of my friends and some of my colleagues and other people around the world in, and that are pastors that just can't stop. They can't take time. If you don't take time, you're going to be burning a candle at both ends and in the future you're going to burn out. Uh, I've been told that time and time again by some senior colleagues that have been in the job for a long time. And if we're going to lead from a, a place of strength and from a place of understanding and from a place of strong vision and from a, a place where we are an example to our, our members of, of how we should be living life, we have to take time. You've got to control that busyness. And if you're a pastor, you've got to get away from saying, I'm too busy as well. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy just says, I don't value you enough or I've chosen to value something else over this. That's a, that's a big statement, right? And it's the same goes for members or for anyone in the world that's listening to this. If you're saying, I'm too busy for that, you might be too busy. But the phrase, I'm too busy, is actually saying, I don't value this or I don't value that. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really psychological thing, right? And, and when you realize that, you go, huh. I am telling these people that I don't value them. And I've caught myself saying this very recently to someone. I said, oh, I've been so too busy for that. I just told them I don't value them. I'm meant to be a representative, a representative um, and be a Christian, and I'm meant to be someone that is able to give them time, and I told them I don't value their time. And um, reaching past that is really tough because that's the phrase that we too often lean on. So how do we address this? How do we keep on going? <coughs> so how do we stop overscheduling our lives? If we, if we do actually stop, we seem to think that we're not being productive or um, whatever else, we, we actually can't stop. And we should be modeling healthy rhythms and healthy, healthy things and we've tied ourselves to a millstone of busyness. So we actually need to stop and be with ourselves. And if you think right now, I'm going to ask another question and let's put this question as well in one of the chapters. And I'm, I really love this book, Replenish. Um, by Lance Witt. I've given it from my ministerial secretary, and you totally should have a read of it. It says, um, the Jews had a Sabbath tradition called the Havdalah. This, that reflects the benefit of living a life of rhythm. The Havdalah takes place at the conclusion of Sabbath. It's customary to spill some of the Sabbath wine into a saucer and, extingu and extinguish the candle by dipping it into the wine. Spilling wine into the saucer was to symbolize the Sabbath's influence spilling over into the rest of your week. If you can begin to live a life of rhythm, the benefits will spill over into every area of your life. If you can start to create some space between the notes, you'll discover that the noise of your life will actually turn into music. So how do we have a healthy rhythm? What would a, a healthy rhythm look like for you? What would a healthy rhythm look like for you? For me, for me, a healthy rhythm would look like I'm 
unplugged at times. I've taken time to stop. I am engaging in the conversations around me. Um, throughout the week, I'm able to each day have some time where I reconnect and with my wife and it would also mean that I am not feeling tired because I'm not constantly chasing my tail. I'm actually getting my sleep and I'm feeling like I can face the day. If I don't get enough sleep, I can't I can't function. So my sleep is essential and also learning that when my when my body is ready to wake up and go to sleep, I've got to listen to it. So that might mean for me sometimes I'm not up and out of the house until 9.30. I might be awake earlier, but I'm not functioning well then. I'm not my best person until about 10 o'clock, and I'll go until a bit later at night, but I'm allowed to take time within that to do things for myself, for my wife, for my family, for everything that we do. So how do we move toward an unhurried life? Because I don't know if you've ever found yourself rushing through life. Uh, I often end up just rushing from one thing to the next, and I've got to do this visit, and I've got to drive to my next town, to another town, and do some visits there, and visit the people down there, and then drive home um, to my other church and visit some people there, and I've got to get home, and I've got to write my sermon, and I've got to write my agenda, and I've got to write, 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 write. Uh, I've got resources that I haven't finished yet. I've got all these things, and I just pile them up to make myself feel like I'm under a constant cloud of pressure. When realistically, I'm not. And if you go through your your pile of things, realistically, are you under a ton of pressure right now? Or have you just placed that on yourself? Get past that. Prioritize. Write a list. Write it down. Work out a strategy that works for you of processing the things that you have to do and realize that, hey, this isn't actually a ton of pressure. I don't have as many deadlines as I think I do. I'm able to get all of these things done. I, I've got some things I've got to get done now, and I've got some things that I can do later. And I've got some things that I can work on and get there. It's kind of like being at uni in a way, but it's just life. And prioritizing things, I guess, is something that we as pastors and as ministers and as church members struggle to do. Further, if we're able, if we are able to actually take time for ourselves, we'll find ourselves being far more present with those around us and those in our teams. Uh, I've noticed that some pastors, including myself at times, try to take everything on ourselves. I don't know if you've ever done this. Um, no matter what situation you're in, maybe in a different sort of business, you just seem to take everything onto yourself. When realistically, are you the one that's responsible for everything? Probably not. Can other people take on a bit of this stuff? Probably so. It'll free you to go and focus on some more essential things to your ministry, to your life, and to where you are. You don't have to be a slave to the church. Uh, you, you do have the ability to reach your own family. Because after all, if you don't have the time to reach your own family, you've failed in your primary mission. And a lot of pastors forget their family. They're too busy. They take too much time out. And they say, no, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But to be honest, we as pastors have got to realize and accept the fact that it falls on us to decide what is our primary mission and what is our pri- what do we actually value. And 
if we're going to also then become healthy teams, we've got to be a model of what it looks like to look after yourself first. Looking after yourself isn't something that's so bad. In fact, it's probably going to actually lead to a more effective team overall. And people have been constantly reminding me, you're looking tired, Andrew, you need to take some time. And I've ignored them. That's my fault. I I have placed value over of my work and of my my churches over other things in my life when I shouldn't I shouldn't have to do that uh, if, if I do that what am I saying what what habits am I setting for the future for the next however many years of ministry and of marriage and maybe a family I've got I've got to set that culture now of what I value what I care about and what I'm going to make my primary focus ultimately in life Am I going to risk burnout by the time I'm 30 or am I actually going to stop and put the habits in place now so that I can sort all of this out and be be ready to run the long race and not do a quick sprint now? And I think a lot of these principles we can start to discuss and break apart for our own lives and apply them. And if you have any that you think work for you, drop them in the comments or uh, if you've got something you'd like me to cover in a future episode, you can email me at nextgenpod. That's N-X-T-G-E-N-P-O-D, nextgenpod at gmail.com. Or you can comment on the Facebook page or you can leave a review in uh, if you're on, on Apple iTunes. Anyway, I look forward to hearing from you guys next time. And let's start this next gen right now. Let's build a community that is ready to take on the world and revitalize not just our churches, but our society. And I will catch all of you guys in the next.